and his presence. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to the 24th chapter of the book of Joshua, the Old Testament, verse 13 through 15, a fairly familiar passage of Scripture. Notice these words. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. And you eat of the vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt, serve the Lord. And it's, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lamb. We're talking today from the subject, Decisions Impact Destiny. Decisions Impact Destiny. Because everything rests on a decision. You do know that your decisions determine your conduct. Your decisions determine your character. Your decisions ultimately determine your, your destiny. We're all faced with decisions. And everybody has had points in their life where you made poor decisions. Some people would describe them to be stupid decisions. Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores coming to you all the way from California. I'm sorry, last week was an extremely busy week of ministry where we were at Access Church in Del Rio and Eagle Pass with my dear friend, uh, and Pastor Brian and uh, Sandra Cisneros, we had a powerful time with Dr. Doug Stringer. Um, it was an amazing time. Um, we also had a unexpected, uh, you know, funeral. And uh, my aunt of 92 years old, she passed away. So we we had to actually get out of town uh, about uh, six, about four days earlier. And so we will. We were busy. Uh, we preached in Itasca, Texas, uh, with my dear friend. Um, Pastor Noe Gonzalez, and then uh, we went to the funeral on that on that Monday morning, and then we were back at it in uh, Kyle, Texas, with uh, Pastor, uh, my dear friend, Pastor um, uh, Refugio Aredondo, and his beautiful family, and and his beautiful wife Josie uh, Aredondo, as they hosted us, and we. We preached Sunday, Wednesday night, and then we were off into the conference for Thursday. So it was a, a, what was originally planned just to be a four-day away from home, and I could do some pre-recordings the beginning of the week and get everything out. It turned out to be a eight-day, eight-day journey, and it was absolutely amazing. We thank God for it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we are back, and we'll get right back on track. And again, I want to. Uh, the, I want to talk to you today about the power of a decision or decision-making um, processes. And so we want to look at God's Word. Absolutely. I've just, I pulled this wonderful clip from our uh, a 
powerful orator, Dr. Uh, uh, Bishop Dale C. Bronner. And um, Dale C. Bronner has an absolute amazing handle on scriptures. But he said something very, very powerful. When he, when he starts saying bad decisions are stupid decisions. And, and, I, you know, and some people get taken back because they're so Christianized and Christianese that, don't, that they don't realize that um, there is power in the language. And so a stupid decision is a decision in which you make against proper knowledge or, or um, objective truth. So when you go against what's been taught, when you go against what you know to be true, it's a stupid decision. And um, there is a, I, I remember listening to um, Dr. Actually, this Dr. Bronner years ago at uh, Bishop Eddie Long's um, um, funeral, he said, that when you are born, you you may look like your mother or your father, but when you die, you look like your decisions. And so we want to understand those are very powerful statements, but we want to make sure that we make good decisions, that we live long and that we, we are healthy and we make right choices for the future generations because our destiny is sitting on the shoulders of good or bad decisions. Okay, good or bad decisions. And again, let's take a good look at decisions because uh, decisions are, are, are pivoting points, uh, times and places where we choose correctly that change everything or we choose poorly and it changes everything. And so it is in the ministry. So it is in life. Okay, if you're a pastor or a leader, okay, um, we all have th these three things in common. We all have faith. We all have the grace of God on, on our lives. Um, but uh, one of the things that, that undergirds or supports all that is our ability to make good decisions. There is a book, and I recommend reading, called God's Generals. Okay, if you read that book, you will read about the history of great men of God that had faith and grace, but you find out that they didn't end well. And because of their decisions, you know, I look at A.A. Uh, a. Allen. A.A. Um, a. Allen was a powerful healing and deliverance man of God that was running the world and running the nation pretty much, but he didn't make good decisions. He didn't control his appetites, didn't control his thinking, didn't control something, and he ended up finishing very poorly. There's many men of God. We got some scandals going on, or not scan scandals in the sense that uh, Christians shouldn't be getting divorced, but you look like, at um, Apostle um, Maldonado getting a divorce from his wife. It's very quiet right now, but those of us that are married, we know that things go happen that, um, you know what, in marriage, that you have to work together. Why did they stop working together? Why, did, why all of a sudden does he want to depart from his wife from so many years? What is the real issue going on? You can't fool some people. You can't fool men of God. We know that something went wrong. Something is not right. What's the a decision instead of deciding to work it through and trusting God and stay true to your commitments? You know, does God ever um, favor breaking a uh, covenant? Well, so again, these are these are decisions that change destiny. How many people will it hurt? How many, how many people will, look, will never look at ministry the same again? Why? Because it changes the destination of everything. So leaders have to make proper decisions. Even when we struggle in marriage, even when things get tough, we have to stay covenantally connected and work through our issues. And I'm not saying there's no issues, but I'm just saying uh, that we have to decide 
correctly. And so whatever's going on with him, again, it's a matter of decisions, private decisions. You know, I like what Doug Stringer says, private decisions um, have public consequences. So we have to take a good look at our decision-making process and never forget that if you want change, if you want change at a higher dimension, you're going to have to look at how you decide what you think, how you decide on things, okay, because it will affect your outcomes. And there is a man by the name of Roger Bannister in 1954. He broke the, he broke the four-minute barrier. In other words, nobody ever ran a mile under four minutes. And so he decided that that was going to be his task. Okay, so he ended up uh, breaking the barrier by 3.59.4 seconds. As part of his training, he relentlessly visualized the achievement in order to create a sense of certainty in his mind and his body. So what he did is he began to introduce a different process. He began to change how we thought as he trained. Okay, he began to he began to start learning and growing in his training process, which is different because what he was doing was he was he was visualizing, which, which in the mind uh, sends messages to your body that you've done this before. You, you get the sensation of moving faster, training better. It, 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 it's a combination. It's a combination that we very well know today and athletes know today. Again, it's part of visualization or meditation or slowing things down or, or what we would, what we would um, really attribute uh, to a term known by great athletes called slowing it down. There are preachers that get into a flow or the flow or, you know, um, the, you know, the idea of a flow, you know, Michael Jordan in the basket as a basketball player, when he would score so many points and nobody, it seemed like nobody could stop him. He was in a flow. Why? Because he would practice so much practice visualizing making these shots visualizing um hitting home runs visualizing all this so that their body gets used and their mind gets used to the feeling of a moment and that's what happened with banister banister made a decision to change his training process he made a decision to change what he was doing because it was not bringing him the right results and so when he made known his his um his his process change and his decision change uh, the very next year uh, someone else ran under a four four mile um, four minute mile um, a mark so here again we begin to see that barriers are meant to be broken so if you are facing a barrier in your life a barrier in your emotions a barrier a decision a decision to do things differently takes courage okay it takes courage but you're a decision away from becoming what you really want to be you're you're a decision away from changing your life towards the good and towards the positive okay so again we want to make sure that we are embracing and understanding this concept because faith and grace sit on the shoulders of good decision making okay proper decision making again there's there's so there's so many um stories of great men of god that didn't finish well it wasn't because grace left them and faith left them it was because their decision making process there's another there's another man of god that that lost a lot because of poor decisions okay and that was jimmy swagger jimmy swagger lost a lot because of um poor decision making uh process in his personal life that had that 
that it had outward consequences. So again, it's not to point, it's not to uh, make someone greater than another, or, but in, I'm just showing you examples of faith and grace and how it didn't end well because of decision-making processes. Okay, And then we can go on the other side where you had men of God that chose well, that stayed true, that stayed committed, that didn't go um, and make carnal decisions and think that they could beat, beat the consequences of poor choices. You know, we can go down the list of great men of God like that. And, um, and you know, equally. So it is attainable and it is available, but you have to choose correctly and understand the power of a decision. And so when we look at this, uh, we look at what is the enemy of decisions. The enemy of decisions is, is what we would call options. Okay, what's the secret or what's the idea of an option? An option is a thing, a thing that is. Okay, you, you, you got something that is. Or you may choose something else. Okay, so this is the, the power of options. Options tell you choose this. If not, then choose something else. Okay, you're going to turn away from something. That's the power of an option. Options have the ability to to distract you, to cause you to become disfocused. If they're if they're opposite of what you really want, so we have to understand. Options are there, but options have always been there since the Garden of Eden. You got Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen. We have this. We have this tree in the garden, and let's read scripture so that we can see how God sets up um, Adam and Eve in order to make choices by putting an option. Watch this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And then, and and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day in the day that you eat it of it, you shall surely die." So here you have, here you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he says, "You shall don't eat it." He pointed to it. He let him know this tree right here. This tree, you don't touch that tree. Okay, you don't touch that tree. That was the option. Okay, that was the option. Okay, again, he says you can have all the other trees that you can look at, but there was another tree in the garden that you couldn't touch. That again, this is how life is. Life is full of options. Life is full of faith. Life is full of grace. But life is full of decision-making processes. Okay, that that's a powerful that's a powerful statement. Okay, you have the power to decide and choose your destiny. Don't be a victim. Don't I mean this culture says it was my daddy's fault, it was my mama's fault, it was my environment, it was you know, it it was how I was born, all those things. No, no, you make decisions. You make decisions to get up out of there, you make decisions to wake up and go to school, you make decisions to do well in school, you make decisions. You know, you make those decisions to go to college and to do better and to improve yourself. You make decisions on who you marry. You make all those are all decisions. Those are those are options that are in front of everybody. And that's why we must learn to choose correctly. What is Satan's greatest uh, objection? Okay, how does he come in and how does he disrupt and destabilize? I mean, you're going to use that word destabilize. Okay, because options Options that are against God's word or against God's truth are there to destabilize you, dislodge you from the truth of God's word. Okay, don't let the devil misinterpret your life. Don't make the devil give you a definition of um, of something to um, to 
uh, pull you away from what God has told you to be true. Okay, don't allow Him to do that. Now, uh, First uh, Genesis chapter three, one through seven. Um, you know, you have when the gar when Satan enters the gar the garden as a serpent. Well, listen to this. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field in which the Lord had made. And He said to the woman, Has God indeed said? You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So what, what I want to tell you about this is that, see, Eve had complete control of the message. She had understanding of the message. She understood it very well. She knew what God's requirements were. Okay? This is where the enemy comes in to destabilize, okay? Through options. He comes in, okay, because don't forget, God's God gave you options. There's many options in life that are blessing, but there are certain things you cannot do. That's part of the problem with many Christians. They don't understand. There's there's many options. There's many things you can do. There's you can eat of all the trees, but there's there's two you can there's one tree you cannot eat. See, there's certain boundaries you have to continue to maintain in your life. There's certain things that you just cannot touch. You cannot handle those things. You need to you need to just don't not entertain them and get them out of your decision-making process. They're never an option. They're never an option. Those are no-go zones for you, period. And we have to learn how to do that. We have to continue to learn how to do that and not be dictated by our flesh, not be dictated by another interpretation of what God told you to be true. That's the, that's the, that's the um, problem with the redefining of grace, okay? That's the that's the re that's the problem with not understanding the laws of God and not understanding the freedoms we have in Christ because it gives you it looks to give you license to do whatever you want to eat all the trees of the garden when God says no no you can't touch that tree all the other ones you're good this one you can't what does Satan do watch what he said then the serpent said to the woman you shall not die for God knows that in the day you eat it your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil watch so the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it, it see it didn't take long it didn't take long for deception to come in and she made a bad decision okay again this is what what is a, a huge issue with many Christians is the fact they allow they allow an option to give them a false gospel. They allow an option, something to preach a different message and reinterpret what God says. Oh, I can do this and get away with this. I can do that and get away with this. Oh, you know what? I think this is what God said, but I'm not sure. I'm not clear. So I, I you know what? I, I guess it's okay and I'll find out the results later. Well, again, this is this is dangerous when we don't know how to stay true to a decision. God gave them an option and they chose incorrectly. Eve chose incorrectly. She was destabilized, dislodged from the objective truth. She looked at the tree. She knew it. She knew what God said about the tree of good and evil. He says, you can have all the other ones, but what did Satan want to do? He wanted to deceive her. He wanted to give her different narrative. He wanted to... He wanted to um, 
a dislodger from the truth of God, what God had said, okay, as if God was holding something back from Eve, as God was holding something back from, and this is, you know, pleasure and, you know, and all, all this other stuff that's a different podcast for a different time. So let's stay on here, stay on here. So what, what did this truth or what did this um, situation or this option do? Well, it did a, it did a James chapter one, two through eight. And what was that? It created a double-minded. In other words, uh, that the word double-minded means to have two spirits, two thoughts, two brains. Okay. And we have to, we have to make sure that we don't have two brains. Okay. That we don't have two spirits. Okay. One that, that serving God and the other one is just totally, totally out, out to lunch doing all the carnal fleshy things in our mind just runs one wanders crazy and uh, we we can't be that way i like what james says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the triumph of your faith worketh patience but let patience have a perfect work that you may be entire and wanting nothing if any man lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives to all men liberally and abra- and abradeth not but let that man ask in faith okay not being tossed to and fro like a the wave of the sea. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. And then he says, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So double-mindedness is a gap that Satan creates that allows doubt and fears to step in, to allow to allow another opinion, uh, another option to become a very strong opinion. I'll say that again. Though the when you become double-minded, you allow an option to have a strong opinion on what you do. So we have to keep those gaps closed. I will, I will remain integral, one with my mind, one with my spirit, one with with, with the truth of God's word. I will not allow myself to to be separated, to be to 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 open a door for something to come in, okay, uh, and destabilize my faith in God. And so that's what James tells us. He tells us that you know what. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, not just some of his ways, but in all his ways. There's nothing worse than a double-minded person. There's nothing worse than a uh, that someone that you think is telling you one thing and is telling and really lives another way. That 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 the hypocrisy, you know, the mask wearing, okay, the mask wearing that 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 people do, you know, that surprise you and and why well, they're double-minded. They were double-minded, you know. And, and those of us that that uh, live in work in the church, we have a lot of people that are double-minded. They say one thing, do another, and and, uh, you know, uh, that's just par for the course. That's not par for the course. That Those are errors in people's lives that if we don't address them, okay, and we make sure that we as leaders, we as, as men and women of God and Christians, if we don't close those gaps, okay, if we don't close those gaps and stay true to God's word through proper decision making, then we lose all Christian witness to this world, okay? When the world knows that we are not what we say we are, then guess what? When we expose our double-mindedness to the world and our lack of commitment, they lose complete faith in Christianity because if you don't live it and if you don't demonstrate it and if you don't do those things and you're a Christian, what do you expect from them? So again, we must close the gap and understand the power of decision-making, the power of making sure that we that we stay true to God's word, that we cut off all 
all um, shadows and we, we live in the right perspectives at all times and that's decision making again today i'm i i just share that with you because faith and grace absolutely necessary in fact absolutely the driving force but those sit on the shoulders of proper decision making if i make the right decisions if i choose if i say as for me in my house we will serve the lord now again you know there's this um there is um supreme court that just that just indicted netflix for their movie on cuties which uh which was really child pornography and the exportation sexually of of um of children and rightly so it was absolutely disturbing okay well what is your christian do you still have netflix on your on your thing on on your tv are you allowing this filth in your see these are decisions these are real decisions okay these are real decisions you have to make when you have all these um you have this um Marxist BLM uh, um, uh, movements, uh, Marxist movements working through the sports industry, you know, right now and causing disruption and upheaval and and calling and calling you know normal beautiful Christians bigots and racists and 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 because we don't play their games because we're staying true to God's word. Well, well, guess what? It's time to it's time to it's time to really make a, a, a consecrated effort to decide. Well, we're not going to watch sports right now. We're not going to watch it. We're not going to watch. We're, you know, we're not doing that no more. We're, I'm pulling uh, um, Netflix off my thing. I'm not going to get pay them to pollute my children. I'm not going to play. You know, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of sexualization and and child um, child uh, um, manipulation uh, sexually in um, in the Disney movies why are we still watching disney because we're not paying attention we we you know we have to protect our family how do we do that with good decision making uh processes what does god say what is god requiring of us joshua said hey you're gonna have to decide are you gonna serve those gods but as for me and my house joshua knew that proper living for god was going to take proper decisions cutting certain things off because you're a christian you just can't do everything that everybody else does and how do you do that you make good biblical decisions based on what the holy spirit based on what you read from scriptures based on what god word is conveying to you regarding those different issues and you stick to the truth of god's word i like what psalms 119:97 says that the word of god makes me oh oh how i love the word of god or oh how i love the law of god and again i'm i'm giving you this off you know i'm not reading this oh how i love the word of god or the law of god for it has made me for it has made me wiser than my enemies and it has made me listen and it's made me wiser than my teachers so it's the word of god it's god's word that we decide to trust we decide to walk in we decide to uphold that separates us from everybody else and we make good biblical decisions so the grace of God is upheld correctly so that the faith of God is demonstrated correctly but it all stands on the ability to make good decisions having a biblical 
family view, having a biblical worldview, having a biblical civil view, having a biblical marital view is where it's all at. So God bless you. Thank you for listening to me today on uh, Prophetic Whispers. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you. We love you. And remember, great decisions uphold your great, the grace of God on your life and the faith of God. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.